0: The following program is a work of fiction and falsehood that is not meant to be interpreted as actual fact. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of the broadcaster or the management thereof. This program deals with morbid themes and grotesque humor. Listener discretion is advised.
1: I am glad you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is EurekaCast, now, where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science.
0: Hey there, Rowan. Hello, and to the listener, may I welcome you to our nexus of thought this evening. Well, uh, welcome to the Nexus
1: of Thought. To you as well, Rowan. I sure hope, I sure hope you're doing you're doing all right from uh, from last week. As as we recall, you were not in a good place last week.
0: Well, I, <clears throat> well, let's clarify for a moment. I was sometimes to get to a good place, one must go through a bad place. And during the the dietary restrictions that I took part of last week. I was going through a less than optimal place, but I have pushed through it. I have pushed through my sweat fast. Um, I am now eating regular food and water, and I feel great. I feel great for it. Uh, truly, I, I the sweat fast might be one of the best things I've done for my body. And I am someone who's done a number of detoxes and purges. And various cleanses, and, and this ranks up there with with uh, the best of them in my experience. That's that's great to hear. I mean, uh, Rowan, what you're describing is is sort of like
1: I was think, actually thinking about this uh, uh, recently. I, as you know, I'm a media disruption developer, so I have I have to think about media a lot and its place in society and in all of our lives. And if you think about it, what you went on was uh, sort of a a spiritual hero's journey, which which is one of the first. If you might call it one of the first algorithms um, that was ever developed. I mean, if you if you think about it, the Hedro's journey is all about uh, modular thinking, sort of like a lot of code is. It's uh, it's class based. It is uh, uh, it fits in in boxes and it goes from one point to another point, doing different, uh, carrying out different tasks in each. Um, in reality, I mean, we've been. People, for as long as we've been storytellers, I think we've been coders.
0: Don't you agree? I don't know if I agree entirely because there's a saying um, in, uh, I forget, perhaps from Lao Tzu or Confucius who said, if you meet your hero on the road, kill him. I believe it is a a Zen koan, perhaps. Mm. And to that end, that is why I, I I don't necessarily like the ideas of heroes, but... Uh, to to find some common ground, I would agree that the original programs, the these the original uh, algorithms, if you will, definitely do come from a place of of myths and legends. It it is there is numerous studies involving things like the Kabbalah, where you look at these ancient. Uh, texts, these ancient mythological or religious texts, and by assigning various numbers to them and cal- doing calculations, uh, th- this practice of numerology. There, there are programs that can be that can be found. As a matter of fact, I believe it was the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm-hmm. where uh, through a series of substitutions and uh, sort of programming and what have you. Uh, Within the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm-hmm. there is a code when translated to Fortran that will say hello world. Um, so the, 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 the link yeah. between,
1: in fact, this is it's, it's more common than you think. So many of these ancient myths in reality were these hello world statements. It's what we found from a variety of uh, of very particular culturally relevant algorithms. I, I liken it to, I actually liken it to the uh. There's sort of like think of it as Homer's The Odyssey. Uh, Homer's The Odyssey was sort of the original open source uh, program. Where, if you think about it, Homer downloaded all this code about, you know, Agamemnon and, you know, horses and Greek gods and added his own. It's it's really I mean Homer was the original open source coder, if if you think about it.
0: Uh, It's so important that individuals recognize the the importance of uh, the listener uh, you and I recognize this because uh, we we are deep mm-hmm. thinking unlike perhaps some of our listeners um, it's important to recognize how the ancient world holds so much information that uh, it, you would just miss it you you would have no idea what's going on and and what you are capable of finding in these ancient texts, unless you actually go there right. and look at them yourself, and I think that's an excellent I segue. Mean, I think that's an excellent segue into ooh. my 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 first the story I'd like to present this evening. Um, okay, which is Rowan, which, go for it. Absolutely. I, I, I it's I'm, What do you bring us, Rowan? What do you bring us? What do you bring us from the spirit sciences this week? Well, it's it's less of a of a necessarily a spirit science, um, although some would argue art is a spiritual science. And and what is who, this is... Who is, would argue this, Rowan? Um, I would. Numerous acquaintances mm. of mine would. Um, the late...
1: So, a, a fellow professors
0: uh, absolutely at, at the Simon Amy Institute? As well as various um, adjunct professors at community colleges worldwide would also argue this. But... Um, Yes. Yeah, so this, this story is very interesting because it incorporates the spiritual science of art with the physical science of archaeology. So where this story begins is that there's um, – and this is such a sad thing to say, but it's true. There has been a dwindling interest and in government funding for museums, natural history museums. It's It's not – It's not sexy enough for people anymore to go and observe these 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 specimens and rocks and crystals and fossils and what have you. Right. Um, And the government. I mean, they don't. They're and they're incorrect sciences and their their archaic beliefs. Certainly, go ahead. uh, mm, We can address that a little later. But um, point being is that is that there's a a a force for creativity among curators and archaeologists to try and maintain these collections. Um, So what the Mm -hmm. American Natural History Museum has done uh, has taken some of the portions of their dinosaur bone collection, which is the largest collection of dinosaur bones in the world, and found an innovative new use to not only... Bring in money for the institution to support the other exhibits because let's, let's be honest. I think we can both agree most dinosaur bones out there are C minus at best. Uh, frankly, you know, um, mm. the vast majority the, certainly. Well, the ones, that, the ones that aren't fake, certainly. Uh, it, it, there's just it's so many fossils out there that you have to say enough is enough, and that's what they've done. And so what they've, what the American Natural History Museum has done, is they have teamed up with chemists from the American Institute of Pigment Producers to try and find a way to use up these less optimal bones, these, these fossils, that, that these dinosaur mm-hmm. bones that, that just are, really aren't of any interest to anyone. And what they have resulted in, what that, that research has resulted in, is a new type of paint they're calling Fossil Khaki it's, a, it's an earthy creamy shade of eggshell that is perfect for a wide variety of uses ranging from oil painting to automotive coats mm. i do like I do love a good a good multi purpose chemical
1: it it's it's important with these it's sort of like, things it's important it's important for like a workshop anybody's workshop you have you know a spray can of WD40 you have your handy duct tape or spray adhesives and then of course you have this hopefully in the future what it sounds like is they have a nice can
0: of fossil fossil khaki yeah and it's it's nice to to uh, you're, they're taking something of limited use to anyone which is dinosaur bones and they're turning it into something mm-hmm. that's useful for maybe not everyone but perhaps a greater amount of people um and it's not it's not only i mean that's that's the problem it's
1: you know museums you think of them as white as white collar ivory tower institutions we're giving it back to the 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 blue collar the everyday workman
0: the everyday painter um as a as a gift a gift from the past Right, right, and and this is uh, uh, there's also a, um, a, mar- a a hole in the in the pigment market that has existed for a long time when uh, mummy brown was uh, discontinued from production. Uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, mummy brown is this uh, rich earth tone pigment that was used by a lot of painters um, from the 16th to the 19th century. Um, it was prized not just for the the, the beautiful. Uh, browns and tans that it could create but also for the prestige of the artist being able to paint with ground-up Egyptian mummies and and that's and you know that's mm. uh, something that I feel uh, so much prestige has been lost from the concept of being an artist especially a painter and without being able to use ground-up human remains that that prestige is just further diminished and while with all of these shifting sort of social ideas of what's acceptable uses for mummies and the sort of decline in quality of mummies that are created today, uh, it was simply just unus It was untenable to continue making this pigment. But now. Right. And I'm, I
1: mean, I'm looking and the, the other thing I would want to add, I'm looking at some of these, uh, some of these splotches right now. Um, uh, uh, some of these examples of, of this color and it is a, gorgeous. It is a gorgeous color. And, and I mean, it's hard to think about, but, you know, scientists, even, even dye, dyeologists, uh, uh, uh color, you know, color, chrome, chromatographists, um, they don't, they don't have access to all of these, all of these different colors easily. And I mean, this is, these dinosaur bones, these fossils provide us with sort of the missing link between
0: eggshell and silver. Right. I, um, I, I first based purely on the color spectrum. I've foresee this being extremely useful um, with regards to painting the inside of offices i see this very useful Mm. in terms of having business cards Um, i also perhaps see this useful as a letterhead um, a very nice crisp letterhead that that one could use Uh, so Mm. the first run of fossil khaki has yet to be rolled out Hopefully, it'll be next season's. Yeah, next season's letterhead. Oh, oh! If, as soon as it gets rolled out, I have no doubt that it'll get snatched up by a number of individuals and institutions. Um, and there's talks, in fact, that famous sculptor mm. Anish Kapoor is in talks to license the material for his works. So we'll see if that we'll see how that pans out. It should be rather interesting to see the development of this new this new pigment going forward. And- what?
1: Oh, who was? What was one of their most recent works? I, I feel like I've heard. Their name recently in the news. Uh, what was a what was a recent work by Anish Kapoor?
0: Um, yes, uh, they are most famous for um, dipping things in this very uh, black paint using uh, carbon nanotubes. Um, mm. They're they're really the. Uh, um the, the the king of shade if you will of the of the installation art and sculptor right. world and i think it will be a right. beautiful symmetry if they have a, if anish Kapoor uses perhaps this vanta black with this fossil khaki in a piece that that is it's about it would be about duality the the yin and the yang right. if the you will sh- <laughs> sort of like sort of the sh- the shades of gray it's 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 the possibilities are absolutely mind-boggling, and I'm I just want to end on the note of saying that mm. it's so nice for once to hear some good news about the states of museums in this country. It really is. Mm. I sure you know a lot of the
1: stuff we hear about fossils these days are they, they seem really negative or 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 disconnected from modern life, and it's it's good to finally we're connecting with our roots here. In a very pragmatic way it's it's important that's wonderful it's important Uh, to keep in mind absolutely thank you very much rowan that was that was wonderful um thank you you always bring such 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 interesting stories with a with a special take on them certainly
0: i'm always happy to bring it i'm always happy to discuss these stories here on eureka cast now
1: but now let's move on to something a little more a little more we can put our teeth in a little bit more the, it's time to talk about this week in Eureka Moments, this week in, in new discoveries in Eureka Moments, uh, with, with some interesting scientific discoveries and innovations that were made just this past week. The first is uh, something that came straight out of the Tech Brothers Research Laboratories themselves, out of the Politi, the Politi Lab specifically, uh, as you know. Tech Brothers is a giant, giant acre, acre, multiple acre, dozens, hundreds of acre laboratories. We, I don't even know how much land the laboratories, in fact, cover. It's really hard to determine because it changes every single day. But of, of course, I'm very familiar with the work of the Politi Lab. Um, and specifically, what they were doing research now uh, recently is, as you might know, it's no surprise that in Chicago, uh more recently, and I'm not gonna talk about it because this isn't a very political show. This is a show more about science. Um but it's, more recently there have been a lot of protests in, in the city. Um yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you've you've heard about them, uh Ro. I have no idea whether you were in fact in the city of Chicago or near the city of Chicago.
0: Um but Perhaps you've heard of them? oh, I, I've heard of them, and i've I have actually uh, participated in in them in some way. Uh, uh, mm. me uh, and a few of the uh, other individuals from the spirit Science Center actually um went to. Um, City Hall and attempted to levitate it uh, with uh, the, the frequencies and, and uh, um, Structured meditation um, as we often do mm-hmm. um, in these sort of situations where there's like a, a, a call to action if you will um, We have yet to levitate mm-hmm. a structure. Rowan, Rowan, you're... We have yet to levitate a structure, but Rowan, we, have you seen... and your... <laughs> we have seen... Rowan, you a... and your... <laughs> you and your string theory <laughs> We have seen some very promising cracks forming along the pavement from one of these sites of these, these mind inns, if you will. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm quite familiar with right. the unfolding protests here in Chicago. Sure.
1: Well, as we are, as Tech Brothers is, as anybody in Chicago would be, and the, the protests happen for a number of reasons. They result in a number of things, um, but what scientists... And we are scientists uh, what scientists like to do like to do is they like to ask not just you know what's going on or why it's going on but but really what's interesting what's interesting that's going on under the surface truly why and that's what and that's what uh Tech Brothers polity Labs have been doing recently they've been studying the science of protests and, and let me tell you, there's some interesting stuff there
0: well oftentimes the uh, uh, the, the the protests I've the studies I've seen on protests or um, have read the abstracts of because who really reads these papers um, they often treat Certainly. the protest as a black box with inputs and outputs perhaps a black right. block if you will um, so uh, I'm I'm really excited to hear about the the this, some of this more granular science that's going to be taking place discussing the the protest of its in and of itself oh. Yeah,
1: of, of course. I mean, the thing is, if you look at it with with certain terms through certain lenses or glasses, they seem like they're very chaotic aspects of our society. They they seem to be changing with with no regard. I mean, it, certainly protests are these sort of large collections of groups and people with differing ideas, all surrounded, all all towards some some greater purpose. Um, But but ultimately, from a prediction standpoint, and we're scientists, we think about things in terms of prediction, from a prediction standpoint, they're not really grounded. It doesn't seem very, very grounded. So what Politi Labs have, have done is they've really grouped, started grouping these protests together and have started developing some very promising algorithms that they believe are able to start, in fact, tracking and categorizing these protests and predicting what will happen, how they will change, and and all the all these cool stuff, all that cool stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to digest. So what I'd like to do right now is I'd like to give everybody a, a little bit of a breakdown with uh, of what we know about protests, how we have categorized them in the past, how we as scientists have categorized them in the past, and what we hope to do in the future through through scientific study and algorithms. So the groupings of protests, I mean, protests usually fall into three distinct categories. They're usually either successful, unsuccessful, or Uh, under-successful. The basic categorizations, the basic classifications of protests and include the following. There are your classic your, your street protests or, or urbanic protests. These have been going on for for as long as the written word or as long as uh, history has told. In fact early, early dinosaurs have, have been shown to, uh, we believe actually partake in street protests. There are classical protests, uh, often called Hellenic protests, uh, you know, dating back to more of uh, the development of society. There are uh, parallel processing protests. Um, where protests sort of happen in parallel to each other, there are virtual protests. Uh, these protests date back to the, the earliest record of a virtual protest we have is the in the 1840s, Surprisingly, and then of course we have the uh, a more a more new protest. There's a, there's a meta protest, a protest that is in fact a not not a protest in itself, but a protest on a meta level, a, a, a protest that is. A protest
0: on um, protests, if you will. And, and what would that, what does that look um, like um, exactly in, in the real world? Or is this a, a theoretical protest that only exists in, in simulations and uh, uh, protest colliders? Um, well, we've never, I, scientists,
1: political scientists have yet to, in fact, observe one of these protests in the real world. Um, they certainly exist in laboratory settings, but many, about a dozen protests over the, over the past, you know, 300, 400 years have been fit into this categorization of a meta protest. We usually get the information from written uh, accounts, um, specifically protests. In fact, one protest at the beginning of the uh the beginning of the governance of Chicago in the early days of Chicago, there was a meta protest uh, carried out by uh, the Chicago Democrats um, in in a, in a manner to uh, to effectively not protest, but not by not protesting, they were in fact protesting the protests of themselves as the
0: primary governing body. Well, that's quite fascinating. That 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 it seems mm-hmm. like there's um, antecedents of that in a lot of uh, corners of the online right. world, with regards to a, uh, to that sort of mm. idea of a protest that, in and of itself, is not a protest, thereby being a protest.
1: Right. Um, yes. Certainly. Um, but this does not even count in the fact that what scientists over the, over the last few decades have discovered, um, and it was, this is theorized in the in the early uh, in the early 1930s, 1940s, uh, but we've finally gotten some, some evidential proof of it, but the existence of equal and opposite anti-protests to go with each of these protests. So for each of these protests, there's an equal and opposite anti-protest that will effectively cancel out one of these protests if it comes in contact with it. And, and, um, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Uh, and, and on top of that i mean all of these things that may seem it may seem you know difficult to understand but it's it just this is why we need algorithms to truly understand what's what's going on here um furthermore we can split up protests into a number of sizes um scientists classify small protests as usually less than 100 people this is of course different from micro protests which are usually between 3 and 20 people there are medium protests which are between 100 and 500 people there are large protests which are uh, between about 500 and 2,000 people, and of course there's massive protests which are above 2,000 people, and we've been seeing a lot of large and massive protests recently. And the more people that you have, the more independent variables you have, so the, the harder it is to predict and predict the, uh, the inherent uh, chaoticness of, of, these, uh, of these sort of groupings. And this doesn't even get into the fact that there's you know, convergent protests, cooperative protests, parallel protests, simultests. Um, all as subcategories of each of the possible protests. Um, there, there's certainly a lot to think about here. It's, it's a lot to take on its own. Um, so that's why recent political scientists, specifically political scientists at the Tech Brothers laboratories, have uh, started studying this one specific kind of bacteria called ashleum hypercoctic bacteria. Um, some people call it this the political bacteria for, for how it moves and spreads. Um, the way this bacteria moves is when in a catalyst, uh, it, it moves to gain political advantage of of the petri dish that it's in. It moves in a very strategic way to effectively win out over certain uh, other bacterium and uh, effectively win and become... It, it's sort of like a, a really... A really, really fascinating subsection, very fascinating slice of sort of Darwinian evolution um, and uh, and natural growth uh, that we are noticing specifically with these with these bacteria.
0: Well, so uh, to my question, my question to this would be is how are they how are they um, gaining this political advantage? What is the methodology, the the physical um, uh, th- because they cannot speak clearly um not not Mm. yet we've been attempting to make contact with bacteria here at simon amy but that's neither here nor there um how are they how are they exercising political power how are they gaining this uh this advantage over the other members of uh the the bacterial colony if you will right um
1: well it it really all depends on how you set up your bacteria, this specific bacteria, the way that it, that it reacts, it, it reacts in a very similar way to what we've seen historically about, uh, about uh, you know, under leaderships and governances and societies. Um, we can set up this bacteria in certain, with certain genomes. Now, Rowan, over there, is there any, other cans? I, I seem to hear cans. Being opened and closed. I hope there isn't anything nefarious going on. Um, no,
0: no. Uh, well, <clears throat> I, 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 I don't want to digress too much, but I I mm. it, uh, part of the post sweat fast b- recovery involves small amounts of, of sweat fast to sort of wean me off of them. So if I'm if you hear cans over there, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's right. just some more delicious. Oyster mushroom flavored sweat fast. but please, please continue, please. Right. Okay. Of course. Now, so I'm just going to give you the 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 general
1: breakup. Depending on how we orient these the, the genomes of this of this bacteria, um, we give some bacteria specific genomes that sort of relate to say hierarchical stance, um, you know, power dynamics and systems of oppression. We can. Orient these bacteria and by changing genomes to reflect these sort of things that we see in a society, and then we just let the the, the bacteria go. and And what we see is it it really it, it really patterns. It 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 really emulates what happens in those sort of societal you know the you know the societal uh, patterns that we put it in, whether it's you know a Roman emperor or whether it's uh, you know a French revolution or whether it's a, a you know, a a king or a democracy or whatever, it seems to really reflect what actually happens. And it makes it very promising for predicting actual protests and actual political change in our society. I mean, uh, one very recent, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, political scientists were able to use this bacteria to fully reenact, this is really fascinating, to fully reenact the Russian revolution up to and including the assassination of Leon Trotsky with an ice pick.
0: Did these it's did, really fascinating? Was stuff. there a uh, was there a Rasputin component that needed to be a part of that? Perhaps a bacteria that w- was given um, the sort of the mysticism and the powers that Rasputin had uh, to mm-hmm. enable that. Was that essential?
1: Yeah there was a, there was one specific uh, there was one specific bacterium that was given a large amount of Staphylococcus if you know what I mean. That's,
0: that, as, um, as is necessary.
1: But, um, but you know, f- because of this um, and, and with the use of, of analyzing these, 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 these bacteria and incorporating elements of, of common learning algorithms that we have, um, we hope to be able to, to predict protests and how they move and change spatially uh, forcefully, structurally, hierarchically, ideologically over time. Um, if, as long as we look at the trends, we look at the topography and climate and the history of a specific area, we are in fact able to, right now, they've been able to successfully predict a number of of, of ways that a protest will move, specific, uh, specifically very chaotic protests that have happened in Chicago recently. Um, They were able to predict what streets they would go down, what Places they would congregate to, how the protest uh, per- persons would split up, and depending on uh, also all these different factors like what they were protesting or where they were protesting or who, how how uh, the city responded to those protests, they were able to really capture and predict and successfully understand what what happened during those protests. Um, and I can't tell you just how much of a crucial part this was for the research in the Chicago Brodie project. I mean, this is crucial research for that
0: well i I absolutely um, this is fascinating. This is incredible that this mm. this can be done. And you know, I think it will, in a way help. With our goal here at the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science to establish personhood for bacteria, because if they move and act in a political manner that can be studied mm-hmm. and, and is such a close uh, such a close uh, approximation of what humans can do then i think we're i think that says a lot to with regards to whether or not we can establish single-celled right. species as being sentient
1: right um yeah
0: uh i i uh, I wish
1: you well regards on that. I've been a proponent of bacteria being considered uh, political life forms for much of my life. Uh, but, you know, that was sort of a heavy subject, the science of protests. Uh, it might be nice to give us a little bit of a, of, a, of a cleaner. So, as always, I'd like to close off my This Week in Eureka content and moments with uh, a little bit of a, a happier, uh, a fun, sort of funny story. Uh, recently, the Indian Astronomical Society... Um found out, and, and this is a very interesting story, um that the sun, using astronomical data, our sun, the body of radiant light that we all know and love, um would, in fact, although it's bright, although it provides most to all of the power, um you know all of the energy uh, over the course of the of the Earth's history, um, it would in fact, lose a chess match to the nearest other star in the galaxy Alpha Centauri, that star system.
0: Well, right away, right away, I have a lot of issues with this. Um, This is not fun for me at all to hear. This is, the sun is a holy entity. It basks us in its radiance. It provides everything Mm. for us. If it played chess, and I have no doubt that it could if it set its mind to it, it would absolutely wallop any other star, planet, black hole even, in the universe. I, I have many issues with this. What is the basis for this, this, this slander? Yeah. Not according to, I hear you, Rowan, but not
1: according to these scientists. And, and these are scientists. Astronomers and astrologers have been using uh, this chess index to map out the pseudo-astroneural complexity of certain star systems for For decades now. I mean, typically what what they've used this on is uh, star systems by mapping star systems and galaxies onto sort of neural networks and determining from that regard who would win in a chess match. Um, But they've more recently been focusing on single stars as systems themselves. And uh, what they've done is they've looked at uh, things like amounts uh, of of certain elements in stars, positions of stars, length of flares and magnetic fields, range of photonic radiation that it, that's given off by the star, the gravity per charge, the kinetic energy, planetary resources available to that star placement in the galaxy, just really a lot of complex stuff that they've boiled down and been able to graft a neurological network onto it um, and be able to, from that neurological network, uh, predict uh, sort of the um, the amount of uh, the amount of uh, the, the amount of anticipated moves that this star or star system would be able to make. And I mean, in every every regard, even in the primest days, in the heaviest, hardest, most bright days of our sun, um, Alpha Centauri would absolutely pwn it in a game of chess.
0: I. I will have to review this data um, on my own time to see um, if this is, this is correct, and my gut feeling is that it's not correct. And generally speaking, when it comes mm. to scientific principles, the, 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 the gut feeling is what ultimately ends up being uh, correct mm. uh, to that. Well, end. I don't know, Rowan. I'm sort of a skeptic about that. A, a we can we can discuss this. Uh, I will I will add this I to the tally to. of things that we need to discuss, um, especially mm-hmm. um, with regards to uh, uh, some other some other points that were made uh, during uh, the previous programs. But it's uh, it, that time. Oh, I once see the again, list that you're making. It's that, that time once again for our mid-show meditation. And I welcome this opportunity to, to clear my head of all of these thoughts of rage and destruction and um, bloodshed towards this slander towards the sun. But nonetheless, to the listener, and to you, Kai, if you're so interested. This sun
1: is ups- insubstantial.
0: Oh, I'm very interested. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself working in the steam tunnels. You're eight hours into your 12 hour shift and the hissing and creaking of the pipes around you begin to permeate your being. Sweat rolls down your brow and your vision begins to blur. Something is speaking to you from the pipes. Something wants you to join them in the pipes. And we are oh. back Alright, welcome back I'm glad
1: that we're back Uh, Because I It's really important Our special feature today I just I'm just gonna immediately start talking about it. I know there's a lot that you wanted to talk about, Rowan, but it's very important that we talk about this this concept, uh, this topic. Um, it is the guy five network. As you know, uh, Rowan, what can you tell, what can you tell me about the guy five network? What what do you know about the guy five network? You are a good you're a good uh, a good example of of somebody outside of the fields of tech that that you know. Is looking at the guy five network network with it with certain eyes. So, as an example, who what do you believe about the te- the the guy five network as well, a layman, so to speak?
0: I know you're a scientist, but technologically, you're more of a layman. I there's a lot to unpack in the things that you just told me. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick to the question at hand, which is, what do I think about the guy five network? I mm-hmm. personally do not trust the guy 5 network there is too many these electromagnetic waves that are being put out are deleterious to spiritual health, m- mental health, physical health. Mm-hmm. Um the human body is simply not meant to occupy that much electromagnetic um radiation whether that be radio, gamma, whatever what have you um in one place. So I think this is the the guy 5 network is uh, likely to be a a giant catastrophe. Um, that is my opinion.
1: Um, I, I hear you. I hear you, Rowan. Um, first off, I, I think what I need to do is one thing that I, that I got out of that was I, I don't think you, when, when, we, when you talked about the Guy 5 network, you did not talk about any of the benefits of the Guy 5 network, which there are many benefits of the Guy 5 network. Uh, so let me just read off the specs. I, I know we, some of us don't like hearing about specs, but these specs are truly. Revolutionary. So what we're seeing is we're seeing about 50 gigabros per second in laboratory settings of download speeds. Uh, in the real world, in fact, we are attaining, you might have heard this, this scheme, uh, this schematic, but in the real world, it's possible to obtain up to 100 gigabros per second, which is, the, which the av- for comparison, the average of lightning, the average of, of the physical natural concept of lightning, which is very similar to the transference of data, if you think about it, is only about 75 gigabros per second. Unlike other networks, the guy unlike unlike other networks, the the guy five network
0: gets faster the more people are on it, and and that's that's what do you have to say about that's just horrifying. That's just horrifying. First and foremost, um, I do not want one bro in my vicinity. Let alone let alone um, what is a giga a million. Let alone a million or a billion of of bros. bros. I I, it's 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 much better and the guy-fi network much faster well i i i am not part of the guy-fi network either i i as a matter of fact i pr- i i transmit this through a line out of my own personal faraday cage to try and limit the amount of of these noxious Th- there's a difference between what 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 humans are doing in terms of their electromagnetic radiation versus things like the sun or or uh uh, black holes or other astronomical entities—that's um, healthy electromagnetic radiation. This, this right here, this, this is this is a front. I and and if if you had not right. so kindly donated the microphone and the um, transmitter and several million dollars worth of equipment to the Simon Amy Institute for Spirit Science, I would not be willing to even yeah. entertain this discussion. Media Lab the new media lab certainly did donate all
1: that uh and the thing what it sounds like all of that stuff it's already running on the guy it's, it's already running on the guy five network so let's just go past this whole danger level thing the only difference between the guy five network and your standard solar solar rays is it's more directed it's more it's more intelligent really and and the thing about the guy five network is as opposed to really any other network is that the guy five network is cyber resistant in most cases and do you want to talk about latency the Guy Five network is capable of seven microcycles of latency, only seven mi- of less than seven microcycles of latency, which is which is record breaking, with four RPNS of stream
0: building. Uh, I don't understand how it can be cyber resistant if it is in fact a a cyber entity in and of itself. What does that even mean? What does
1: that even mean? Well, when we say when we say cyber resistant, it's important that you understand. How we are transmitting this this data? Now, of course, many many you might have heard of fiber optics. Well, we use something that's called that are called pyro optics. Unlike fiber optics, Guy Five has the capacity to spread through a network like fire. Uh, It goes in different paths. It it, it looks for the data. It finds the data, and it finds the best and quickest path to fully fully spread itself out and uh, and truly find its own path in in a in a cyber in in a cyber uh, uh a cyber environment is that is that meaning not a
0: cyber resistant. is that is that is that not um doesn't that run up into issues of of things like uh, in terms of, of of consent or maybe vulnerable individuals i uh, to the listener, no, no to, no, the, no, to the to the listener, to the listener. I'll, if your grand, if you have a grandmother, an a an ailing, aging grandmother, and not to get back a health, but health is is in wellness is, is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. If you have a grandmother who is very very sickly, and and they use a landline because they know that the the the, the signals mm-hmm. from cell phones already could, on the guy, fi, already uh, on the guyfi network or an, or an adaptable network. That's that's horrible. That's horrible. What what, what if what about people who the want to opt out? What about people who want to opt out? I hear out? what you
1: I hear what you're saying. I mean, if you you shouldn't my so what we're trying to say what Tech Brothers is is trying to say is that you you don't really you don't want to opt out. In reality, you don't want to opt out. And the reason for that is, I mean, just look at just just look at the trunking. Guy five is capable of exponential trunking, which means w- the data that is, in fact, going through like fire through these, through these, through these um, pyro optics, is nothing but but exponentially trunked microbits. Um, micro bits, micro micro bits that are that, that aren't really data in themselves either. It's just like a wave of sunlight that's flashing through your through the air. And
0: connecting us more, it connects us more. So, so what um, you're saying that the bit, which um, is is a dangerous but useful entity, it it exists. Um, it, it's useful when it's contained in the sort of the 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 um, the spirit trap that is a computer. Yet when it's out, it can be quite dangerous. But now there's micro bits. There's smaller no. bits that can just no. fall right out of your cell phone and, and just get everywhere mm-hmm. and cause all sorts of goiters and tumors and what have you. Uh, how are you no. how, are, how are you accounting You're for fully, that? Representing, fully,
1: entirely misrepresenting what I have to say. If you want to talk about health, if you want to talk about the, the, the risk associated with these, with these, uh, these micro bits, you, I think it's nice. To, it'd be nice to compare this to other compatible services. I mean, if you're still using antiquated carrier ports, like uh, it, there are many different antiquated carrier ports that exist, and these are much more risky. So, if you're using antiquated carrier ports like the AWCY Pirate Network, th- then what you're doing is you're risking yourself and everybody around you. If you if you are using the uh, countless other uh, compatible ports like the UPPM Glord and xeno Stunt. I could keep going. Any one of these pirate, uh, pirate network services that are that that are in fact, I mean, not even not even approved by any government agency at this point, just because of the risk risk factor in comparison to the guy five network. Oh. What you're seeing is that these are much much more dangerous to anybody that's oh, wait, using it. Hold, hold, hold um, on, to, on just, hold,
0: hold on one moment though. So, yes. Are you implying that the guy five network is is working? Um, with governments, is that is that is that what you're saying? Is that a selling feature that that you're presenting for for this? So the guy Five Network is, is of course not working
1: with governments. I mean, governments tend to slow things down, and they and they tend to put politics and they, into these sorts of things. This is a purely purely tech brothers with the assistance, with some research, and with some of course uh, added added you know the 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 correct uh, observances by the the appropriate government bodies that are that are you know neutral like the chai like chai like a uh, like any one of those any one of those uh, uh, generic science based government agencies that's all they're doing they're 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 saying whether or not something is safe. And ultimately, when when we ask them, when we ask anybody, any quality assurance experts out there, whether they be government or whether they be a private or really just non nonprofit um, quality assurance specialists, they all say that guy five is much much safer than really any other uh, any other pirate network
0: out there. So you're so you're assuring me and the listener that there will be no. Um, uh, capacity for the information being transmitted over this to be um, peaked at or modified in some way is is that a guarantee that you, that you can make to me as well as the listener i
1: just that question i think is, is misunderstanding what the guy five network is the guy five network is a very very complex building block oriented network that result that that relies on towers these 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 towers once you understand and really come to appreciate the importance of these towers, I, I think you're, any any listener would be quick to change their
0: mind. And, and what's, uh, so, what's any, so special any? about these towers? Yeah. I, I can think of many reasons why an individual would feel um, threatened by a tower. Um, what any happened? People fall off. Of, people fall off of towers. People get. Towers fallen on top of them, and on top of that, these towers are going to be transmitting this extremely dangerous um, electromagnetic re- radiation, um, purportedly dangerous. Mm-hmm. We have some studies going right now over here at the, the Institute of Spirit Science, looking at that. Um, and I would, I would love to look at these studies. I would love to get in with those
1: studies and really observe the the procedures you have going on there. Well, what I know, the, the, d- the Dave brothers knows is that.
0: The data is not there yet, but as, I have a mangled dove. I would love you to look at. I have a number of lab rats that are literally have been turned inside out, and and I can't provide the data, but I can give I'm you not, a rat. I can give you a mangled. Rat. I'm not. I'm frankly, I'm not that interested in seeing pictures from your
1: house. That's fine. Well, all I know is that these towers, once a tower is installed in a neighborhood, what everybody in that neighborhood recognizes immediately, the second that tower goes into action, oh, nine decreases in proto-clogging are felt by everybody in the community. Oh, nine decreases. Like a wave. It's, uh, it, it's, really, it's really stunning. It, it makes life better for really everybody. There are truly no doubts. On sides, I, it's it's really stunning that so few pe- so many people are are so confused about the benefits of the Guy Five Network.
0: Uh, uh, what 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 would I you would, say to the consumer that enjoys a protoclog now and then? I enjoy protoclog now and then. I, I don't get them I very say, often. I eat I correctly, say, but at the same time, it, there is something meditative and 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 spiritual that comes from a, a good protoclog now I, and then. I would say that if you want for you know, for
1: any reason want a protoclog. Once the Guy 5 network is fully operational, people will fill in, app developers will fill in that void. They will come up with artificial apps for creating proto- protoclogs at, you know, non-important uh, or whatever hour or whatever time frame you need that protoclog to be. That's fine. I'd like to end on, on one more thing. And I, I f- It feels like safety is a huge concern with you, Rowan. Um, so I do have one specific study that I wanted to save till the end that proves once and for all that, uh, that this is that this that the guy five network is entirely safe, and this and that is this. More recently, Tech Brothers. And I'm surprised that you haven't heard of this. but Tech Brothers did this giant demonstration uh, at uh, at Lincoln Park Zoo, local in the neighborhood. Um, but what they did was they took this elephant, Bugsy, the elephant, a, a, a favorite at Lincoln Park zoo. And they hooked up this elephant with the guy five proto optic cables, just all around directly into all of the major, the, the major energy fields, the, 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 the major pressure points the, the neurological points in the, in the elephant, uh, anatomy. And they just pumped it full of the full capacity of, of the guy five network. And what they saw was that in the week's Following this, MRI studies show increased brain activity, and more, and and blood blood uh blood tests show more healthy vitamin levels than ever before in in this specific element. Uh, in this specific elephant, um, Bugsy's doing just fine.
0: Proves nothing. There is proves no... nothing. It proves nothing because as as you are, maybe perhaps you don't know because you don't have a and as quite a a deep. Knowledge of Mother Nature as I do and others in my field does, but if you did if you knew for even a second about about the way nature works you would know that elephants are in fact nature's resistors they have a built in thick um, insulating skin that mm-hmm. already um, that, that that clears out any negative electromagnetic interference, any sort of negative information that could go into them. And that's and, and, and it's so it, 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 that says nothing. That says nothing. I will not be getting guy five anytime soon. It, I, I will not. I refuse. I and, and at this point with the way that you're describing how this works, I am concerned now about even my landline. Takes, I'm concerned it just about it takes one tower. If you're concerned about your if you're concerned about your landline,
1: guy five is is the only alternative. It's um, the only, It's the better alternative to your landline. I. I um, we it only are, takes one tower. For, it
0: only takes one tower for marked efficiency. Well, I'm going to have to get in contact with some Market. individuals um, who have a very, very specific expertise when it comes to uh, transmission towers. Uh, and let's just leave it at that. Let's just leave it at that. Mm. Uh, we have a citizen science this evening. I'm going to read the citizen science this evening. Now, citizen science is our segment where we outsource. We we find some of the uh, the, the breakthroughs, the eureka moments, if you will, um, that occur in the wider public mm. sphere because there's a lot of people out there with incredible ideas that just aren't being paid attention to closely enough. Yeah. Um, right. right. And so this there's t- no journals. There's no journals for the way the journals for those people. It's 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 a, a huge missed opportunity, because if, if scientists um, and deep thinkers could step away for a moment and go interact with the common folk, even if the common folk, the lay people, mm-hmm. uh, the ignoramuses of the world, perhaps they they even if the things they're saying isn't correct in and of itself, sometimes it's just a spark. It's just a spark that you need yeah. to, to get the, the 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 imagination churning, but but this They're one in particular, this one in particular, I think might be on to something. So uh, this comes from an individual on Facebook. The name has been uh, withheld, uh, not by me, but by the source that presented this to me. Um, <clears throat> and th- this is actually a little mm. relevant too to earlier, which is um, <clears throat> it's called dye because it kills your hair. Your hair is a communication, mm. intuition, and energy tool sending and receiving impulses between your nervous system and the world around you. It's as important as your eyes, ears, mm-hmm. and other senses. And that's why, and I, I happen I, I to mean, agree with this. I happen to agree with this.
1: I mean, I agree to it to some extent, too. It, it's certainly what the, what the Chicago Body Project has been, has been telling us for a long time.
0: I um that yeah that is the, interesting. What is what are your opinions on it, Rowan? Well, I I'm believe it's, I believe it's true because we've done a number of studies. Me and my co- my 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 uh, my uh, fellow professors, fellow researchers, your grad, grad students, my my grad students as well. Yes, um, we have been doing a number of we've done a number of studies on um, whether or not bald people um are disabled, um whether or not they are they, the people who have baldness. Are, are fundamentally um, not able to hmm. interact quite as well Yeah, well,
1: they' they need they they need uh, they need very specific uh, uh, they need things to be set up specifically for them because of a, a certain uh, different different abilities that they that they might or may not have yes
0: yes and and to that end we we do find that um amongst people without hair they are um at a significant disadvantage because once again the hair is a it's a communication and intuition and an energy tool and without those things the the, the these bald individuals it, it's it's rough it's a hard time that's why you look at things um uh, Einstein, for example, Albert Einstein, he came up with most of his theories as a young man when he had hair and then after he lost hair, it's like the genius evaporated. And so um, I think they're on to something and, and to that end, um, it, right. it, if you are experiencing hair loss, I, I, I apologize, but you should perhaps seek help. Um, I'd like to
1: close on a quote by, uh, by a notable scientist. Uh, i like to close, close every, every week on one of these quotes. Um, and this is one that I think really really marks what we've talked about today. Um, despite, despite our disagreements, I'd say, Rowan, you're a scientist of sorts. I'm a scientist as well. And this is a quote about scientists and, you know, citizen science is scientists as well. Um, this is a quote by Dr. Enrico Rubin, who said, if you are not a scientist, I will never stop to talk to you. You are a sad, miserable life form, and I hate you. And I think that's uh,
0: really telling. I can understand the, 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 the impulse there. And I've had thoughts to that, but I try to keep in mind that can you blame the ant for not knowing of the sun? Can you blame a budgie for not knowing of topology? You can't. Um, so I, I try not to hate. I merely pity Pity instead the non-scientist because they 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 can't help it. They didn't they didn't choose to be that way because who would choose not to be a scientist? Who would choose not to imagine science? <laughs> and Eureka Cast
1: now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We have rebroadcast every Saturday evening, eight to nine PM CST on WLPN LP one hundred five. Point five FM Lumpen Radio. If you'd like to get in contact with us or see some other great quotes and updates from the world of science and technology, you can follow us uh, at EurekaCast on Twitter. Uh, Rowan, do we have any other methods of communicating with our citizen scientists out there?
0: Right, um, yes. If you engage in social media, um, uh, first of all, I'm sorry, but second of all, if you do, you can find our... Information on our upcoming shows as well as other content at facebook.com slash awcyfm. That's facebook.com slash awcyfm. We came into this account when we we are continuing to use this account. Um, Likewise, in a similar manner, um, feel free to send an electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com where you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Uh, additionally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, feel free to reach out at that email, which is once again, fm at gmail.com. And so with all that is set aside, and our differences set aside, Kai, because the beautiful thing about about science and, and intellectual inquiry is that we can disagree on 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 the, the the conjectures, but we are both comrades in science at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And 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 so, yes. yes. Although you in some
1: ways disagree with entire scientific arguments in themselves, but and, go,
0: go on. And and I th- and uh, that. <clears throat> so with that, Chicago, allow us here at. Eureka cast now to say goodnight and may the winds of tranquility permeate your every orifice.
1: Latency, latency less than 7 microns.